180 public companies in 91 countries found the same strong connection between the presence of female corporate leaders and firms' increased profitability. And a similar McKinsey report in 2007 uncovered what it described as a positive link between corporate performance and elevated presence of women in the workplace in several Western European countries. In the United States, the overall economy has benefited from fewer obstacles to women in the workplace. A significant chunk of the growth in worker productivity between 1960 and 2008 resulted from the removal of barriers that kept many white women from realizing their economic potential, economists at Stanford University and the University of Chicago estimate. Because female pioneers paved the way, businesswomen now standing on their shoulders are having a meaningful impact on management practices. Companies increasingly prefer leaders who can be empathetic and work collaboratively because the businesses compete in an increasingly complex, stressful, and diverse global economy. Such qualities are more common in women, management experts and executive recruiters say. Female managers are also considered stronger than male ones in terms of flexibility and adaptability to change or hardship and teamwork and cooperation, said a 2014 global study by Mercer, another consulting firm that tracks employment issues. At workplaces that highly value women's unique strengths, there tends also to be higher female representation at the higher levels, added the Mercer study, which examined workforce data covering 1.7 million employees in 28 countries. A Different Work World Greeted Me The contemporary workplace barely resembles the one I entered during the 1970s. In the years following World War II, less than a third of U.S. women held jobs or sought work outside the home. That was partly because many women who had held such jobs during the war faced social pressure to relinquish them to returning soldiers. The picture for women brightened during the 1960s. Their participation in the labor force exceeded 40 percent in 1966, a post-war high. The 1960s saw the publication of The Feminine Mystique, a groundbreaking book by Betty Friedan that launched the modern women's movement. Perhaps even more important, the book appeared soon after the 1960 introduction of the birth control pill. Both spurred a surge in female college graduates and the expanded presence of women in professional and business roles. Landmark federal legislation, such as the Equal Pay Act of 1963 and Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, also had an extensive impact on women's fortunes in the workplace. Title VII outlawed sex discrimination in hiring, promotion, and compensation. But working women continued to confront sexism and other obstacles. They usually lacked corporate mentoring programs, paid maternity leaves, high-level female bosses, or even a perquisite as simple as office lactation rooms where new mothers can pump breast milk privately. A significant portion of the 152 U.S. newspaper women I surveyed for my 1971 master's degree thesis on sex discrimination against female journalists 
perceived bias in their hiring, job status, and prospects for promotion. Nearly half, for instance, said that they lacked the same chance to be promoted as a similarly qualified newspaper man. I also uncovered numerous newsroom jobs still linked to traditional sex roles. Jobs generally off-limits to women included reporters who worked nights, sports reporters, crime reporters, photographers, editorial columnists, and senior management. Newspaper women in those days typically got assigned to so-called women's pages, covering food, fashion, home furnishings, families, and parties. I joined a workforce with few female sports announcers, truck drivers, or construction workers. Newspapers' help-wanted ads were segregated by gender. If you wanted the highest-paying jobs, you looked under help-wanted men.